Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at the University of Western Ontario. Coming to you from the other London, let's start the show. Hello, good evening. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to GradCast, the official radio show of SOGS here at Western. My name is Eamon Chen. I'm your host today. And joining me is my friend and co-host, Alex. How you doing, Alex? Pretty darn good. How are you today? Not so bad. Uh, you can't see me right now, but I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt and getting all into summer and all that. I was, good. About, to, I was about to comment on your Hawaiian shirt. I was going to say no one can see it, but you look amazing. Oh, thank you very much. I feel amazing. We have a wonderful guest here tonight. Um, all the way from the south. Uh, <laughs> Somewhere south of here, Somewhere yes. south of here, in that general vicinity. Uh, we have Christopher Ollendorf, a media studies student who just defended his master's thesis. Boom. How you feeling? Feeling good. Awesome. And Chris sent us a little bio about himself, which is pure gold. So Christopher R.K. Ollendorf was born and raised in the woods of Magnolia, Texas, and graduated from the University of Texas at Austin in 2014 with a double major in radio, television, film, and communication studies. He just finished his master's in media studies from Western University and is hoping to continue living in Canada. Christopher's interests lie in the nature of existence in the 21st century, and you can currently find him listening to music in parks, watching 1970s BBC documentaries, and taking long, long baths. He's really looking forward to this interview, and ladies, I'm not sure if he's single. Welcome, Christopher. Easy, easy, easy. What's good? It's your boy, Christopher R.K. Ollendorf, short name K-R-K-O. So, got thesis dropping this summer, got a mixtape dropping as well, so keep your eyes open, keep your fingers on the Twitter feed. I'm really excited to be here with my boys, Ian and and Alex. Uh, Happy to talk about research, life, the universe, all that great stuff. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Is this the sort of thing you think about when you're in the park? Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. More, more when I'm in the bathroom, like looking at oh, the yeah. mirror. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, then, yeah. Yes. So usually, usually you're Jimmy Fallon. It's, usually I'm Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. I've never been accused of being Jimmy Fallon before. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> you, Jimmy Fallon, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's so. an accusation. <laughs> <laughs> Although we are laughing a lot, you know. Yeah, so right, maybe, that, maybe that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, because this is an academic show and mm. we got to, yes. you know, put on airs, huh? um, could you tell us a little bit about this research, this uh, amazing master's thesis that you just defended? Oh, this Flying amazing colors. master's thesis. So it's called On the Internet by Means of Popular Music, The Cases of Grimes and Childish Gambino. Uh, the title is actually a play on Darwin. I don't know if anyone actually ever caught that. I don't know if anyone on my committee caught that even on the origin of species by means of natural selection on the internet by means of popular music. Anyways, so I had been thinking about a lot of this stuff that I wrote in this thesis for quite some time. Um, It took me a while to really kind of get these thoughts out of my head into paper in a very concise form, but um, overall I was very happy with it and pleased with the whole process. Okay. Well, when you told us about this this project, you started it off, actually your abstract starts off with a question, a very profound question. Very profound. Alex, do you remember what that question is? What is the internet? Oh. Whoa. Yeah, it's a really, that's a big <sighs> And you know, so the thing about performing research 
like this in kind of like well any research really um, is that this is and this is something that I learned from my supervisor, brilliant guy. Whenever I was initially talking with him about just you know being in grad school, looking into researching stuff, you know he told me that you always want to kind of find the meaning of life, or whatever, or you want to write something that somehow helps us better understand existence, the universe, etc. And so, but what he said was that what you have to do is you can't just write you know a huge document saying this is the meaning of life because like no one's going to read that especially if it's written by just some random person so you know he says that you have to really find a very very specific thing to research and his example because he's a popular music scholar as well he said you know you find that one single snare hit in a song that somehow you can extrapolate and then from that you can understand more profound things about whatever you're researching and there was some philosopher i can't remember who it was greek maybe he said, ogres are like onions. And I think in some ways... I think he was Scottish, perhaps. Maybe, yeah. And, you know, I think in some ways that research is kind of like an onion as well. Because you start kind of on the outer shell with, like, the huge questions, you know. What is the nature of our existence? Why are we here, etc.? What is the universe? And then from there, you kind of go a little bit deeper, deeper to the core. So for me, that was kind of the big question. And then from there, I kind of was looking at um, Foucault. He asks, what is the nature of our present so, which I think is a very profound question. So then when looking at our present now, I thought that the internet was a really huge thing of it. And it's a huge part of my life, huge part of a lot of our lives. And so I thought about researching that. And then from there, I was a huge fan of popular music. So I was like, well, I can look at the relationship between popular music and the internet. And then from there, I found two very specific artists who address the internet as a huge influence on what they do. And so that's kind of like the core of the onion. And then like from that, I would hope whoever, if anyone reads this, research, that they would see that that's kind of the core, and then from that they can think about the bigger questions that are kind of looming over our lives all the time. Okay, cool. Um, yeah? I didn't really answer your question of what is the internet, though. I had forgotten that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the thing about what is the internet, which Be- is... Before we, yeah, before we answer that question, I just want to interject with, with something real quick. Now, not everybody likes onions, but, but cakes have layers. And and I, I think it was a very wise man who once said <laughs> that that maybe maybe that's a better comparison to make. <laughs> but, well, you know, but all Shrek aside, I've heard it argued <laughs> that parfaits as well actually have layers. Um, a donkey once told me that. Yeah, a talking donkey it was really great. Anyway, so. Bring it back to so what is the internet? So what is the internet? Okay, well, first off, there's I don't have an answer to that question really. I mean, there's there's ways to just kind of mumble and ramble on about this thing because I mean the thing about the internet is like we say the internet, but when we say that we're meaning a bunch of different stuff. And like I build on some research of this um, person who talks about how the internet can be understood first as a tool. Which makes sense, right? Internet is a tool, like you can, in, in the context of music especially. So it's a tool to like access music and stuff, to talk with people, to communicate with people, etc. But then it's also an environment, like a cultural space, where a lot of these days, a lot of kind of musical movements are, are kind of happening. And like there's a rapper named Danny Brown who claims that he's not from Detroit, he's from the internet. So that kind of shows a huge distinction between like the shift from IRL, real life to the internet, which is kind of this new kind of cultural landscape. There's also a hip-hop artist named Little Yachty, who, while I was writing this research, dropped a mixtape, and a lot of the talk about him has been saying that, like, again, he's, like, one of the first true artists that is, quote, like, from the internet. He's post-regionalist. He doesn't come from any geographical space on the globe. Even though he's from Atlanta, his music really just kind of 
carries a lot of influences from this weird amalgamous cultural landscape that we kind of tap into every day. And so then the third thing that this person says is that the internet is also a way of being, meaning for, meaning for some people who spend so much time on the internet, it kind of becomes a way of life and a, just kind of like a philosophical thing that is always with you in some sense. So, you know, when we're talking about the internet and we say, oh, I was on the internet or I was doing this or that with the internet, it's really difficult because we aren't just talking about the series of tubes and wires and stuff and servers that it actually is. We're talking about something much bigger. So you've been referencing this person. Who is this yeah. mysterious person um, who her name, all these things? Her name is Annette Markham. She's like a sociologist. She wrote this paper in like the early 2000s. Oh, wow. Cool. All right. So going into how we could possibly understand this yeah. giant thing, this perhaps... Um, conglomeration of things mm-hmm. uh, you're looking you said to look at details the one snare drum hit right yeah. and you have two aha uh-huh, yes. right um, and of the two the only one that uh, I confess that I was actually somewhat familiar with at all was Childish Gambino mm-hmm. um, Mr. Dong Glover Glover Don, sorry Don, Don, Glover. Donald Glover yeah <laughs> you Don Glover that's his email address isn't it I don't know. Do you have his personal email? Can we get well, in contact I, I, I with him? I think this Can we get him on the show? Like a Conan O'Brien interview uh, or something. I'm, okay. I'm just spouting references. I'm very sorry. I'm from the internet. That's <laughs> what I do. Um, so, what um, what aspects of their work, of their career, of you know their music, are you looking at to understand this greater phenomenon of the internet? Yes. So, I mean, specifically with these two artists, um, I'm looking at how they both really address the idea of the fact that they remember what life was before before what what life was like before the internet and now that they've lived through kind of the internet's rise to cultural dominance they see that as having a large effect on their creative works and so with Grimes there was a period of time whenever her fir- her music was first released that it was really strange and very difficult for critics to be able to describe what they were hearing because there was no genre that would really encompass all that she was doing with her music. And so eventually, in an interview, she said that her music was, quote, post-internet. And her explanation is that, you know, I grew up with the internet, I had access to so much different music, that the music that I make is just this huge amalgam of all these different styles. And so that's how, you know, she thought that her music could be understood. And of course, I I look into this whole thing really um, explicitly in this research. But I mean, the thing that I'm really interested in is this idea of post-internet, right? And I mean, like, it is something. It does seem like the internet has had like a really strong effect on the way that we understand things. And by looking at her music, which kind of acts as this huge amalgam of all this information, all this style. I mean, she talks about it as if she's kind of like pulling from all of human history to to create her music because the internet kind of offers us access to all that stuff. Um, So that's what I was looking at with her, which I thought was really interesting. Um, And then with Childish Gambino, he has an album project called Because the Internet, and it is an album, but that's really like 10% of the whole project because it's kind of this conceptual world that he built on the internet, almost like an ARG, alternate reality game kind of thing, where you really, to understand the album, kind of had to follow him on Twitter for like six months, 
follow his life basically on the internet and he created these kind of like weird memes and stuff that went along with it and he eventually he made a whole short film that went with it he made a screenplay that you're supposed to read while you're listening to the album along with certain songs that coincide with what's happening in the screenplay and it's a really just kind of huge expansive work um but the majority of it deals with you know life in the internet age and you know so much of what we do is quote because the internet and so that's kind of what he was looking at that sounds like really involved is it sort of like taking the idea of um like a concept album or something to like a crazy i guess post-internet extreme yes you know? and i actually yeah. in in my i mean there's a sentence pretty much in my thesis and it says like he takes the idea of a concept album and he creates a concept world in the world wide web basically that's kind of what he's doing and there are no boundaries either it's just kind of this Huge, expansive thing. And, um, for instance, there's a, a really important part of it is at one point he tweeted this term, Roscoe's wetsuit, which is just this, no one knew what it was. And it kept appearing again and again, like in, in various parts of this album, uh, in music videos and stuff, and it would say Roscoe's wetsuit, and no one knew what it was. And the thing is, is that there were huge discussions among his fans saying, what the hell is this? And people were making huge, you know, really big leaps as far as what it could represent. But in the end... All that it was meant to do was to create, to make people think about what it meant. Because it actually had no meaning. The meaning within it was that people would try to find meaning, basically. It's this huge loop. And he kind of like played with his fans and trolled them a bit in that sense, too. Um, well. Yeah. So Roscoe's <laughs> wetsuit, right? It, it's meaningless, but at the same time, it's like it represents our search for meaning kind of in the internet age. Because you think about it, you know, when you have Google, you, you imagine as if you can understand anything that you're looking for, but suddenly something appears and you don't know what it is, and you try to find what it means. And on the internet, no one knew, so. Okay, I mean, as part of my sort of due diligence, I, I looked up this album on Wikipedia, uh, and I also listened to it this afternoon. It's nice. actually quite good. Yeah. Um, but one of the quotes that Wikipedia lists from uh, Childish Gambino about this whole idea, this whole thing, is he says that the internet, um, he describes it as a language of the earth, mm -hmm. um, something that we all can sort of communicate in and through and with, and uh, that even his dad sort of like understands memes and how to use them and sort of the ideas and the language and the, the stuff you can convey through like emoji or references and yes. things like that. Yeah. Can you explain? Yeah, that's actually a that? quote that I use uh, in my thesis, of course. And again, it goes again for him to equate the the internet as some sort of language. Again, goes back to the question of well, what is the internet? And it, 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 there is no really finite answer. Um, but what I look at whenever he's saying that is that this work that he made, this kind of expansive online concept world in a lot of ways, is him trying to speak this language to people and trying to kind of convey ideas about the Internet so that other people can grab onto them and continue them. And one of the things that I look at in my conclusion is that there's a rapper from this place called The Woodlands, Texas, which actually isn't very far from where I grew up. And he was deeply inspired by this whole Because the Internet thing, and his whole artistic identity is basically just an extension of what Donald Glover created with this album. Um, and he talks about the Internet as being... You know, just like this artistic place that he that he uses all the time, and so, yeah. Again, with with Glover saying that it's the language of Earth. I mean, he also talks about how we are kind of in a position because we're of the generation that remembers life before the internet. So it's kind of up to us to take what was good about the quote old world and bring it into the new world, essentially, right? And so, 
that's kind of what he's looking at here too. And so with his work, he's just kind of trying to communicate ideas for other people to, to grab onto, which is what I did with this research. I don't know uh, to be a squeaky wheel. That's fine. But, Squeak but a bit. To call to call the internet the language of the earth, um, I just I, I'm trying to get my head around that statement. And basically, uh, a problem that I have with it is that you already have to have language to make use of the internet. You have to be able to read. You have to be literate, or you have to be able to understand what is being said. And I, I guess with, with emojis and things, like there's some universality to it. But like, if, if you don't speak. English, you're not going to be able to necessarily un- understand it unless, I guess, you Google Translate. But, um, yeah, yeah. but you have to already have a language. So it's almost like a, a supplement to a language if, if I were to critique it. And I'm not a, an internet studying person. But so what would you, uh, could you expand on that kind of? Like, yeah, really? I mean, I, I'm of the camp that thinks that, that thinks that language in itself is kind of problematic and doesn't really do the best job of like communicating what we're actually thinking and feeling. Um, again, which goes by like saying the internet. We use this one term to kind of encompass something we don't even really understand. So, yeah, I mean, I think that he kind of said this statement probably a bit off cuff, just kind of out of nowhere. And so we could be looking into it quite a bit. But I think it it is interesting to think about. And while it is true that like it's kind of a supplement for language, again, like you said, like if you come across a website that's in Mandarin or something, you can translate it into whatever language you do understand. And I think that it would be interesting, you know, to look at, like, how small children who can't even speak are able to actually navigate YouTube and stuff. And, like, you know, I have a a niece who, whenever she was really small... um, Wait, not a niece, a cousin, sorry. I have a cousin. (laughs) I don't have a niece. I have a cousin. And when she was really small, she, um, you know, she could smack the iPad and open up YouTube... And then, like, click on the video she wanted to watch. And, like, she can't talk. But, like, she's able to engage with this thing. Uh, can I actually ask about, uh, did this come up, um, the concept of the digital divide? Like, yeah, we can talk about the Internet as this, like, unifying global force. But I also think about how much of the world still has little to no access to it. And so... Um, I don't know, like uh, like wrapping it with this like neoliberal, um, you know, we are the world type language, really excludes people, especially people in the global south and the former colonized world, uh, from the global culture. I don't know. It, it, it could um, has that is that discussion like about maybe class and poverty or or uh, geographic divide or something like that. Oh yeah, I think that's definitely a part of it. But I'll be honest in that, like I didn't look at that side of it with this research because I was simply more interested in kind of the more big kind of existential stuff that the internet kind of affords. But I mean, obviously the whole world doesn't have access to this thing. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. even though we're talking about the internet as being this kind of universal place, we're still kind of existing within a North American internet in a lot of ways and like, you know, European and stuff. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, as far as inspirations go, what, is there anything in particular that drew you to these two artists, these two cases, um, to write your things on? Oh, um, well, the Grimes thing actually is kind of a extensive story. Um, <laughs> I know I've been talking a lot here, but so during my undergrad, I took this class um, in the 
in my third year in undergrad. And it was the future of humanity, and it was an upper division astronomy course where we basically just talked about the future and the problems we would face. And it just kind of like, it very much got me thinking in an expansive kind of mindset. And the papers that I wrote in that class as well just like really energized my mind. And while I was taking that class and thinking about a lot of that stuff, I happened to come upon Grimes's music. And I remember exactly where I was when I first listened to it. I was just at this place on campus studying. And uh, I remember just thinking, like, wow, this is, like, it sounds so new again. And then I looked into what she said about it, and I came across this idea of post-internet, and it just really had a lasting effect on me, I guess. And so I thought it was super interesting. And I just wanted to research more of those kinds of ideas because it seems like something that's happening around us that needs to be looked at. Okay. And how about Gambino, just because he dropped that Uh, album? Gambino, yeah. I had a roommate who listened to Gambino, and he recommended I listen to the album. And I remember I listened to just the music of it first, and I was like, eh, it's okay, I didn't really get it. And then one night when I was at my parents' house over Christmas break, or winter break, I uh, sat down, did the whole screenplay thing, spent like hours and hours trying to understand this thing, and then I was like, wow, that was actually super interesting. Um, And I had actually written papers about both of these kind of works before. Uh, In my undergrad, I wrote a paper about Grimes, and in grad school, I wrote a paper about Grimes. And then I wrote one about Campino in grad school as well. So so you're talking that these uh, these songs are about life in the internet age. Could you give some examples about like what these songs are about? Um, well, they're mostly about loneliness and isolation and a difficulty to connect with people. Um, so like a lot of the themes that kind of trace into Childish Campino's work are really kind of depressing and alienating. And like I think that you know, those are things that have always been with people, but it just like it kind of gets a new dimension on the internet because it is this thing that we're able to connect with so many people, but it also can make us feel more alone, which is like, you know, turkles alone together and stuff like that, um, which is something that people have been saying for a while. But it's just interesting, I think, to see how an artist expresses that kind of feeling with their work. So do you think that is going to, to have an effect on sort of the future of the internet then and shape shape what we do with it then? I think that it has an effect on the way that artists will continue to understand the internet. And like I said, like in my conclusion, I actually looked, like with Grimes, I looked at Lord, who cites Grimes as like her musical idol. And she is very much continuing a lot of what, what Grimes did in an even more popular sense. And then this guy, Kevin Abstract, is very much continuing what Childish Gambino did with the internet. And if these artists hadn't have already done that, then it would need to happen by someone else, right, in order for these threads to be started and for them to continue. So I think it's interesting. And I'm not saying that these artists are necessarily, like, the greatest living artists or anything like that. But I think that what they did was super interesting, and what they are doing is really interesting, and, and I am a fan of them, so... All right, so the big man at the control panel is giving us the last call for comments. Um, are there any big ideas that you'd like to leave our listeners and us with? That yeah, come out sure. Of um, well, I think that whenever we're thinking about the internet, it's you know one of the one of the best ways to think about this kind of stuff is to create metaphors from the past. And I think that people tend to think of it as kind of an extension of the telephone or television or something like that. But it might actually be more useful to think of the internet in the sense of something like electricity, which really kind of created a whole new landscape for other stuff to build upon. And even going back further, something like the development of agriculture, because it just kind of, I think that the internet is causing a huge shift in the way that we live our lives and the way we understand things, just like agriculture did way back with nomads and villagers and 
Is that why you were tweeting about the domestication of wheat a while back? That is exactly why I was <laughs> tweeting about the domestication of wheat. Because once we started, once we started using wheat, it evolved and changed to suit our needs. And I mean, I think that we're kind of doing the same thing with the internet in some sense, even though it's kind of being taken over by corporations and stuff. But I don't really talk about that part. <laughs> Someone's been reading as Michael Pollan. Uh, do you have an online presence that um, that people we could point people to? Yes, uh, Twitter at krk Ollendorf. Definitely follow me on there. From there, you can access a website where I link up some other stuff. Um, yeah, great stuff. Follow me, retweet, share, favorite. Um. <laughs> All those things. <laughs> All those things. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Gradcast, a production of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. Of course, I'd be remiss not to tell you that our show on the radio here is only 33.3 repeating percent of the content we produce. And actually, two out of three shows don't go on the radio. And so if you want to listen to the podcast where most of our stuff gets done these days, you can go to Gradcast Radio. Dot com or dot .ca. We got both. And of course, if you're a grad student out there who feels like talking about their own research, gradcastradio at gmail.com, you can come in and have fun just like we did today. So please have a great time, London, and uh, stay frosty because it's hot out there. That's all we got for this week. If you like this episode, share it with someone. Check us all out on Twitter and Facebook. Both you can find through Gradcast Radio. You can go to our website to see more episodes at gradcastradio.ca. And if you want to come on the show and talk about your own research, great line for your CV, go to gradcastradio at gmail.com. The theme is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod, and we will see you guys next time.